Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all around the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of other countries. One day, my hope and my dream is to interview the top leaders, uh, either current or former leaders that are still alive today from my country in the United States, because I believe the whole world would listen to their perspectives and their insight, their wisdom, and especially if they are alive and they were a former president, the hindsight they have of decisions that they would have made um, looking back in time and whatnot. And sometimes I speak on this show myself, I I believe spirit-led conversations that um, in my faith system, in my belief system that I believe the deity desires for me to share with you. Um, And then sometimes I share some music that goes along um, because I like things to be coordinated and I'm extremely creative uh, when there's a song that ties in with a certain topic that is released. um, If I believe the creator desires for me to release that music to you, um, then I do that as well. So I'm drinking my coffee this morning and the creator nudged on my heart, Erin, I want you to speak on parenting and my first thought was who am I to tell other people about parenting expertise I am a divorced woman separated from her second husband was a stepmom for six years well we weren't legally married for six years we were legally married for I think 11 months but we were together as a family unit, cohabitated and whatnot for approximately about six years, maybe a little less than that. Um, But who am I? Who am I to tell you about parenting expertise? Well, I'm going to give some information to you. This is completely impromptu. This is not pre-planned. I didn't intend to share any of this. But I listen to my creator because anytime the creator nudges on my heart to speak on a topic, I believe there is someone in the audience that is listening in some country, in some space that is struggling with this particular thing and could maybe use some insight, some wisdom, um, or even learn from the mistakes that I made that I'm going to share with you. So take what you like, leave what you don't, and hopefully by the end of this episode you leave a better version of yourself if you take action to equip your life. So parenting. So the first thing that comes to mind truly is how we decide on our mate. And um, I might be taking breaks to sip coffee like I am right now. So the number one decision in making and creating a family unit is who you decide as your partner. I do not believe I am the best to give wisdom and insight being divorced. Um, However, I do have some examples of what not to do and uh, maybe some insight on how mates are selected that weren't looking back. If maybe you're going through a divorce situation or you're going through a separation right now, um, ways, some thought patterns to break to break the cycle so that you don't repeat the same thing with another mate, right? So what I really believe in, this is what was kind of nudged on my heart before I hit the record button on my phone, 
is really how do we decide on our mate? How do we decide on the husband or the wife or the partner that we want to have? And I really believe it boils down to who raised us. If you were in a family unit where you had parents and let's say you're a girl like me or woman, when you are watching as a young child, um, before the age of 10, I want to say really before the age of five, you're being shaped by what you see in the interactions of your parents if they're both living together. If they're divorced, it's even more pronounced. Chances are you will select a mate that will leave you. And I hate to say that and be blunt, you can break the cycle, but what you see your parents do at a young age or or your um, if it's grandparents that raised you or maybe an aunt and uncle or um, foster parents, adoptive parents, however you see them interacting as a young child, that is what I believe shapes your mind and teaches you that that is what's normal, right? So, and I believe it it grows over time. So just as parents improve in their parenting styles, I believe that sibling order, and there's probably some research someone can probably look into and validate for me on this. The sibling order, um, you know, first child, they're learning how to parent. They make adjustments, right? If they're, if they're a family unit, um, both together, they make adjustments together as a family unit. Um, maybe they get family therapy or counseling if they go through, you know, a struggling season or whatnot, and then they get better. And then they have a second child, that child, they parent a little bit more, um, confidently because it's not the first go around, right? Just like if you, started a new job, you get a little bit better after year one in, right? And if you have another child after that, then it's perfection, right? I'm the third and I'm just kidding, uh, kind of. Um, But I really believe, and I really do believe this, the Holy Spirit, my belief system titles my deity, the Holy Spirit, you might call yours Buddha, Allah, nature, nothingness. I really believe There is power in our learning as humans when two parents living together are shaping their children. That child is learning this is what a family looks like. This is what normal is. And if normal is dad is beating the crap out of mom, chances are that child will attract, unless they have broken the cycle and they have worked through that in their own capacity, whether it's through therapy or just making the willpower, the decision, right? That child will be in an abusive relationship as an adult unless the parent steps up, stands up for themselves, and either walks away from the relationship if it's not fixable or gets a third party outside of the family unit to come in to be accountable, maybe get some couples or families therapy, 
have discussions, maybe get other family members involved so there's accountability and changes the trajectory of that child's decision and whom they choose as their mate in their future. And I'm going to be real blunt with y'all because I'm always honest and I don't share stuff just to share it. I share it to help your family because I believe the creator's desire for me is to help empower you to find happiness from within. So if you're struggling with depression, whether it's diagnosed or you're on a spectrum where you're going through a tough season and everything is against you right now, or you're feeling like everything is against you, that my hope is that by sharing some challenges that I've experienced or that my family unit has experienced and the transformational power of not giving up, but finding ways to improve situations can not only help your own family, but it can help shape other people's families as well. So that's my hope. So I had shared on a previous episode uh, the family dynamics growing up. I remember lots of physical and verbal violence in my home. That was how I identified romantic love. It was not accurate. But that was what was being shaped um, up to five years old for me. Uh, My father, I believe, drank alcohol. I never saw alcohol in my home growing up. But I believe he had an alcohol problem. And uh, he definitely had an addiction to cigarettes that he eventually quit. Um, But he was hiding that from my mom and from our family because he was gone all week as a salesperson, regional salesperson for multiple states. And he would come back late Friday night or early Saturday morning and he wouldn't smoke because uh, he had told mom that he quit. And I believe he was embarrassed. He felt ashamed about it. And so he would detox. And so then he had this cranky attitude about him. And then my oldest sibling, um, love him. Uh, But he needed his dad home more, and dad wasn't home more, so he uh, was a terror in our home. And dad was frustrated. So anytime dad came home, what did he do next, right? Uh, He used physical force, belts, um, all kinds of things. Um, And when it got to a certain point where mom was scared that that her child was going to be harmed uh, beyond just normal discipline, That's when they decided as a family unit to get some spiritual counseling, family counseling, family friends stepped in. A previous episode, if you listen to an interview I did with Tim Chisholm, that was his best friend, his wife, Rebecca, um, she was extremely protective of vulnerable people, vulnerable populations, and she came in, I believe, multiple times. That's why my dad and her didn't get along too well, because she looked out for mom. She looked out for the well-being of us kids. And he was probably embarrassed because he was frustrated and he didn't learn healthy coping skills in his child raising years with his family unit. And she also came from an abusive home in her family unit because both their parents, my dad's father and Rebecca's father were World War II veterans, I believe. I know for sure mine was. I believe her father was as well. And that that training, that strict militant training got transferred into the family dynamics of parenting because it's hard to keep your work life and your personal life separate, right? There are some great things with the military 
and there are some changes that they have made, extreme changes, because they started seeing in the research, in the white paper research of family dynamics, all of the divorce rates or, or sadly, you know, deaths of spouses and things like that, they started making changes in how they provided treatment for military families, for veteran families, etc., etc. And so what I really, truly believe started to happen, started to be shaped in my family experience is through the power of our social connections, our family, friends, um, my aunts and uncles stepped in to help. Um, they started seeking um, family counseling through the church. Um, they might have done it outside of the church. I'm not sure. You'd have to ask my mom. Um, I started seeing a positive change as a child, and I started to see my mother learn to stand up for herself, speak up for herself when things went beyond just a disagreement to a violation of respect of human be beings, right? Um, and as I witnessed, being the youngest in the family, as I witnessed my mother starting to speak up for herself and not just be passive-aggressive or hold it inside until she blew up, right? slowly speaking her needs, learning to communicate in healthy ways, and my father doing the same thing, learning to communicate when things bothered them, right? To release their stress slowly and uh, consistently so that they didn't have just one big event that pissed them both off and they blew up, right? Um, they learned healthy coping skills through these experiences, and that shaped my view of choosing a mate. Now, I didn't fully get uh, the, I want to say, true, authentic healing, true, I'm not sure what the word is that I'm trying to say, uh, because I did go through a divorce, but I believe uh, we all also have, as we grow as human beings, we have to learn to sometimes make our own mistakes in this world. And being a younger sibling, I did a lot of observational learning. They call it vicarious learning where I didn't want, I didn't have a desire to make mistakes myself. I desired to watch someone else go through it first. I'll give you an example. Video games, Zelda. If you ever played video games or any sort of anything, uh, we played Zelda growing up. Let me rephrase that. My brothers played Zelda, made all the mistakes. I would watch them. I would pay attention. I would see all the secret bonus levels, the behind the scenes. And they also played, there was another one, Mario, Brother, Mario Kart, Mario Brothers, things like that. I would watch them getting the secret levels, right? This is pre-internet. Like the internet might have been available, but it wasn't really in our house because we, if we did get it, it was dial-up, and we all had to share the phone line. So, yeah, we didn't have a lot of internet. <laughs> but they're playing this video game, and I'm watching them learn through dying and then starting the game over, right? I'm watching them make the mistakes. And so when I had a chance to play on the console, because we all three bought a Super Nintendo together with the money that Grandpa had saved up all year for us in his change, and we my brothers convinced me to split this this uh, Super Nintendo console. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of playtime on it when they were playing, but when I got to play on it, 
I, I got to accelerate to the next level, to the next level, to the next level pretty quickly because I wasn't really playing it like people play video games. I just remembered what they had done and it got to a point where I got bored with it and I don't really play video games anymore occasionally, but that is an example of vicarious learning. So when it came to being becoming an adult and choosing mates and choosing um, those that uh, I thought would be good for me, it was based on partly how I saw my parents treat each other, right? Well, that was being shaped. Uh, but also what I experienced personally that devalued me and I spoke about it on a previous episode and I do apologize if you have children listening you probably want to preview this first before um as an adult before um, sharing some tough topics so you can pause it if you ha- if you're listening to this in your vehicle drive time university and you've got kids in the car I don't want want to be the conversation starter for you sharing something that you weren't planning on sharing with them okay so kids are out of the room so In college, well, let me back up. In high school, I was a part of this youth group, very powerfully connected, spiritually connected youth group with Pastor Paris Mullen was our youth pastor, and he was great about getting community members. He had friends from college, and we had lots of ladies and gentlemen that were our mentors um, within this youth group. And, ooh, I'm getting emotional. This is real life. This is, it's obviously something that I haven't truly healed from yet, but I'm going to share it because I believe that the Creator desires to help you and your family have conversations. My family, we didn't talk much in my family because Dad worked nights. He changed his job from being a regional salesperson after enough arguments at home and enough frustrations from my oldest sibling that dad changed his career path, his financial income, to be home every day. But he had to be in bed by 7 p.m. And we all had to be quiet. So we didn't have a lot of conversational time, but I was blessed in my church because because the creator of the universe cares for me and cares for you too and provided the perfect set of human beings from a variety of cultures to come in and raise (laughs) raise our standards raise our value as human beings Pastor Paris Mullen is a, a man of color And he got us Mickey, who is my spiritual mentor. She's from Japan. 
And there was a few other leaders as well, Caucasian, um, another uh, lady that was a woman of color, and I'm blanking on her name because I didn't have as many interactions with her, but we knew all of these people. They were college age or they were in a career path, but they were in their young 20s. And they had a conversation with us one day. They pulled, <clears throat> they pulled all of the women. They let our parents know in advance. They got permission first. And all of the young women talked with the ladies and all of the young men. Talked with men. And this was about sex. And choosing partners and respecting our bodies. They talked about abstinence. They talked about having multiple partners. One of the ladies in particular, um, I remember her name was Jess. I can't remember her last name. Who? She was real with us. She talked about having multiple partners because she didn't love herself. And she grew up without her dad being present. And she explained she explained to us young women that were I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. She explained to us how she's she is with her uh, she was engaged at this point. she was with her fiance. But she had to explain to him all of the partners that she had in her past. And she, because she wanted to go into the relationship honestly. And all of the, uh, in my faith system, we call it soul ties. All of the emotional connections, the spiritual connections that you make with partners in your past. She had to explain that to him and ask him if he still wanted to be in a relationship with her because he got to decide if he wanted to or not. And also real practical things like STDs and things like that. And she encouraged us women to wait. I had already made the decision when I was 14 that I was going to wait until marriage. And when I say wait, I mean wait to have sex. Because I had been I had been abused for two years, from three years old to five years old. And I had learned through my oldest sibling a lot of things that a child should never learn about. But I had made the decision. I had made the decision that I was not going to be the stereotypical pattern of an abused, sexually abused child going on and getting in relationships with multiple partners and, and all of the stereotypical things. I had made a decision that I was going to work against the grain and respect myself and respect my body and respect my future husband by waiting.
And I'm so grateful that they spoke to us because they explained to us. They didn't try to tell us or shame us into certain behaviors. They were being real with us. And they said simple things, simple advice, like um, if you're on a date, you know, they encouraged us to do group dates because we were getting to that age where we were starting to desire to date. And they were encouraging us to do group dating. And if we were going to go on an individual date, to never let the person touch any area of our body that is under a swimsuit that just kind of gave us that simple example and that was a powerful day I remember that very specifically because my parents didn't talk about that but they connected us and encouraged us to go to church and I desired at this point to go to church they didn't never did they force us after um, elementary age and I loved, I looked forward to going to our youth group because there was people there that were people that I looked up to, that I respected, that were real with us. And all through high school, I didn't date really anybody because I didn't, you know, my mom was extra involved in everything. So um, my senior year, I started to date my first love and I had the opportunity to have sex with him he actually handed me a packet of condoms after we'd been dating a couple months but I had made that decision that I was going to wait until marriage and I told him that and shortly thereafter he had broken up with me and I of course was heartbroken but that was, I believe, a test, a spiritual test to see if I truly meant the decision that I had made. And when I got into college, uh, I had dated someone and we uh, respected each other and we did not have sex. We dated for like two, I think two and a half years and it didn't work out, um, obviously, because I'm not with him. But after that, shortly after um, breaking up with him, I had gotten on MySpace was the popular thing at the time. <laughs> and uh, somehow connected with a soldier who was extremely, extremely attractive, but was hurting. Uh, we had dated for a little bit and then he left for a few months. He disappeared. He didn't tell me where he was going. It was kind of like a casual, like we hung out a few times. This was like, I think I was close to 21, but not quite. He had come back into town. And I I did turn 21 at this point. I, I believe I was 21 exactly in a few months. And I remember the semester was maxed credit load. I was working as a supervisor at the pool. I was taking a philosophy class. It was extremely challenging. Like, it took me eight hours to read one, one week's assignment because I had to look up almost every other word in a dictionary because I desired to understand the assignment because uh, I'm 
really good at following rules and I didn't have a lot of time. I was stressed to the max. And when he came back into town, I needed fun. I desired to have fun in my life. And I, I'm like my father, like a workaholic. I know that about myself. And I remembered having fun with him and his friends before, a few months before, but uh, he had changed. When he came back, something had happened. And he had shown me this like little yearbook thing that was like a yearbook, but not. It was for the military, and they had his, uh, I believe it was his platoon, maybe 20 or 30 people, and he started pointing to people's faces and saying, this guy died, this guy died, this guy died, this guy died. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. And meanwhile, we're 20, 21 years old at this point. And so he was hurting. Um... One evening, he invited me out to go karaoke because he knew that I loved to sing. And I didn't have a lot of time. I didn't want to waste time, and I didn't have a lot of time, but I desired to have fun, and I loved to sing. So for some reason, I decided to go. But before I went, something in my gut told me I needed to connect with my friend and make a plan in case something happened. And we had had, in one of my college classes, we had had, um, they had this this club that was like a sexual abuse awareness, rape, uh, anti-rape, you know, um, education. And this, one of the representatives of that group had come to our class that week or the week prior to and had educated us on what rape looks like, um, how to prevent it from happening, how to have healthy conversations. The state that I lived in at the time, which I grew up in Washington state, um, was a a particular state that had laws to protect vulnerable people if they were under the influence of alcohol. That is not, you cannot consent while under the influence. So I was learning all of these things of what's, what's protected and how to protect, you know, vulnerable people or whatnot. And for some reason in my gut, I knew something was going to happen that night. Um, I didn't know that I had the gift of intuition forecasting, if you will. Um, at that time, I just trusted my gut. And I reached out to one of my dear friends at the time, and I asked her to meet me at Starbucks, and I talked to her about it, and we made a plan. Um, I told her, I'm trying to um, keep myself accountable. If I call you, that means that I need a ride, and I need you to come get me, because um, we didn't drink in the house, so we didn't have conversations about healthy amounts of alcohol. Um, I didn't learn any of that in my home growing up because we didn't have it at all and so I reached out to my friend for help if something went bad because we had learned in one of my classes about rohypnol the date rape drug and how it's tasteless odorless and you can't really tell that it's in there and it, it makes you immobile and it's you know all this scary stuff they educated us on so I'm trying my best to protect and prevent something bad from happening now I just started dating him. I didn't know him very well. He was an extremely attractive person, but I still wanted to respect my decision to wait until marriage. So I met with my friend at the, uh, at the Starbucks down the street from PLU, and I said, I sense something's going to happen tonight. I just, I know it. If I need you and I call you, can you come get me? She said, yes.
so I go. Uh, we go to this this spot down in Lacey, Washington. And we went to sing. And he ordered me a Washington apple. And I went to the bathroom. And I asked him to hold my drink because it's gross to bring your drink in the bathroom. And he was my boyfriend, but I knew better because I had that class. I knew better not to leave my drink with anybody, even a boyfriend. And it's sad that I couldn't trust the person that I was seeing. But hindsight is 100%. I drank that drink. I sang a song. Everybody's wanting to buy me drinks, but I was driving afterwards. I was planning to drive home, so two drinks was my max because they told us the max you can have is two drinks. Because <clears throat> we had a um, officer come to one of our drug and alcohol awareness classes, and so I wasn't trying to get a DUI, none of that. And, of course, wait a few hours for it to get out of my system, things of that nature. Um, he ordered me one more drink. Uh, I drank, you know, part of it. Then I went in the bathroom again, came back out. This is where everything got blurry. Bits and pieces of that evening are spotty. Uh, I do remember walking across this big highway to the apartments across the street where his friend uh, lived where he was kind of staying with he wasn't supposed to stay with him yet because he wasn't at that rank level but he raped me in the living room and in the shower and all over prior to that I had called my friend I had, I had enough cognition to call her She did not show. She said the storm was so bad that her mom wouldn't let her drive. Now, after going through this experience and feeling the full shame of what had happened, I did not desire to talk about it, to speak about it because nobody wants to admit that they've been raped. Nobody wants to admit that they have been vulnerable. And all of those thoughts, you know, flooding my mind. Why did this happen? Why, you know, why, why didn't my friend show up? Like, was it what I was wearing? You know, all those kinds of things. Uh, so for a season after that, um, and I've reached out to an officer. I had to do a date rape kit. Um, my friend did show up for that the next day. She, I believe, felt completely embarrassed that she didn't show up for me and what happened. So she wanted to show up for me after the fact. Um, and that was an extremely traumatic experience going through that because I went to one hospital and they didn't have the kit, so I had to pay a bill for something that somebody else did to me because that hospital didn't provide the service that I needed. So then I had to go to another hospital. And at this point, my mom's with me, and I talked about this on a previous episode last year. And the, the embarrassing fact that I didn't think about how it would affect my mom, let alone my own feelings. 
and then speaking with the officer, uh, learning about filing a report, being so embarrassed. Uh, before before even getting the, the date rape kit, I had driven home and I called him. I'm kind of doing this out of order. I do apologize. But I had called him and I told him, I'm so sorry, but I can't date you anymore. And he, he said, why not? I said, because you didn't give me a choice last night. We had sex last night and you did not give me a choice. You took advantage of me when I was under the influence of alcohol. And at this point, there was a strong possibility that he had uh, drugged me because that wasn't the first time I had two drinks. So either the bartender had slipped more alcohol in there, uh, but it was like I wasn't able to move. And all of these signs that were hypnol uh, symptoms actually give you blank parts of memory. So I believe that I was drugged either from him specifically or from the bartender or both. I don't know. I didn't have clarity on it because when I spoke to the officer, uh, he shamed me about filing the report and told me that I would ruin this man's career if I filed it. Now me being ashamed of what happened, taking his guilt as my own, I didn't want to talk about it to anybody because I was experiencing PTSD. So I didn't. I did not speak up about it. And I encourage you to make that decision yourself. I don't, I don't encourage people to hide uh, filing reports. Uh, but it is pretty common to be raped. You could be raped from anyone. You could be raped from your husband or your wife. If it's not consent every time. It has to be consensual every single time. And that is such a better way to make love to your partner when you both are in agreement that this is what you want to have happen. Who wants to force someone else to make love to them? That's what losers do. So after going through that, after experiencing that from the officer, I went naturally after talking with some friends about what happened reluctantly I was encouraged to talk to a therapist at school. We had free therapy. But I was warned from a friend before going. She said, be careful what you share. And I said, what do you mean? She said, be careful what you share if you speak on certain topics of self-harm or if it could be potentially harming other people they will kick you out of school and I was like they'll kick me out for the thoughts that I'm having my thoughts are not me we know that thoughts are just thoughts that come in and out of our mind habitual thoughts now that's different um, and so I knew that going in so I went and had this therapy session and the therapist at my school I asked directly I said I'm not having these thoughts but if I had these thoughts about self-harm which I totally did have these thoughts which is normal with PTSD but I didn't want to admit it because my friend warned me if you admit it then they will kick you out of school right so I didn't want to get kicked out of school I said what would happen if let's say I was having these thoughts she said well uh, we have a process here, and we, we would have to evaluate uh, what was best 
for the safety of the student and the, and the safety of the university. I said, what do you mean the safety of the university? She said, well, if you are harming yourself or potentially harming others or you're having thoughts of this, um, how serious are those thoughts? Because if you were to harm yourself on our property, that would damage our brand. I said, oh, okay, got it. And she told me right then and there, they do not care about me as an individual struggling through this pain, this trauma that I experienced. They care more about protecting their business brand. So I never went back. And I did my own form of healing and therapy. Uh, my therapy was running. My therapy was writing music. Um, I went on a mission trip a few months later to Mexico to a battered women and children's shelter. Um, and things were going well. I was well connected in uh, this uh, 18 to 20 somethings uh, Bible study group that was outside of church. Outside, I should say, outside of school. It was right on the back side of the university. They might be called something else now, but we met weekly. I met a lot of my friends from there that are my dear friends for life. Uh, while I was plugged into that accountability group, things were going well. I had an opportunity to move out of my folks' house and I lived with a, a couple and unfortunately I kind of stopped hanging out at that Bible study group because I was working so many hours but I still desired to have fun right who doesn't desire to have fun and I'm in my 20s and I'm I'm hurting and I'm still healing and I didn't get that that true therapy that I believe um, I should have got hindsight you know in the back and uh, if you've experienced rape um in your past or you know someone that has um, experienced sexual trauma of some form, what is normal patterned behavior is uh, disrespecting your body because you've been disrespected from someone else and it's a form of like self-deprecation. Um, that's what I did. I didn't respect my body. I slept with a lot of guys during that season. Not proud of it, but that's my truth. I shared that already on social media. Um, it's not something that I am looking back like, yeah, I'm glad I did that, but it's a part of the story. It's a part of reality for me. And I devalued myself because I was devalued from the officer that should have stood up for me as the victim I was devaluing myself because I should have been protected from the therapist and the university that I was attending, but instead they protected their own business entity. Um, and it made sense looking back why I made that decision. And this goes to parenting. This goes back to the topic of choosing a mate, the person that <clears throat> I decided after enough was enough and I had some conversations with my roommates Autumn and Kyle um, and they were throwing packs and packs of condoms on my bed because they knew that I was being promiscuous that's what it was um, finally had a conversation with Autumn one day and she said to me 
Aaron, maybe maybe just slow things down and look try, look for somebody that's not like your past. You know, she's like, Kyle wasn't anything that I ever thought I would ever date. He was totally different than all of my patterns of my past, and I'm grateful because he was exactly what I needed. She's like, maybe you just need someone different, someone to just raise your value, right? And so I made a decision to uh, date someone and then move in with them to save on rent and whatnot because I still didn't fully value myself to the back to the high school level where I had promised myself that I would wait for marriage because that decision was stolen from me. I was still grieving that loss. So I dated and cohabitated with someone that had already been there, done that, married, divorced, kids, all of that. I decided to date someone that uh, was to the level of value that I valued myself and spent a lot of time away from God during that season. Or so I thought. And my deity, I identify as God, the creator of the universe, etc. <clears throat> and there was, it was about a year, and it was about a year or so. And about a year into it, I realized, wow, we are, I was drinking a lot. I just, I wasn't happy with who I was, who I was seeing, but it was, it was just a pattern of convenience. We became drinking buddies um all of his friends were drinking buddies as well um religion faith was not spoken about in our house spiritual connection none of that for the first or the first few months and then we got a house together he had decided he wanted to get this big old house I didn't want to because it was a mile away from where I had been raped um, told him that, cried one day, but he still did it anyway. So I didn't fully value myself yet. But he made more money, and it was a financially, uh, fiscally good, I guess, decision in my mind, looking back, um, to s- stick and stay in that relationship, because now I was kind of stuck, right? And... I got to this point where I realized he was drinking way more than I desired to drink and complaining about it every day. He would have regret about it, but he never changed anything. So finally, I prayed one day. I said, God, get me out of this situation. I, I, the, the job market was terrible. The economy was terrible. Um, I knew that I was going to be laid off of teaching. I just hadn't got my letter yet because all of the PE teachers discussed in the district if we had 4.99 years of teaching or any subject area, 4.99 years of teaching or less, we would be RIFT, which is reduction in forces, essentially laying off a teacher. And then they may or may not hire you back the next school year, but they had to figure out the budget and then um, hire you back. And I knew I was going to be laid off and I didn't know if I was going to be hired back or not. So I started making decisions because it was difficult to uh, job market. And so I was blessed to get an opportunity to go to grad school and have grad school completely paid for because I taught university classes in exchange. They paid my tuition. They gave me a monthly stipend, not a lot of money, but they gave me enough to pay rent down at Oregon State University. Go Beebs. 
and I started growing as a woman more confidently. The more educated women are, the more opportunities they begin to have, the more financially secure they begin to become, and uh, the more confident uh, women can become as well. Um, when women are more educated, uh, they don't think just about how they can help themselves. They think about how they can help their communities, their families, uh, and the world. And I'm one of those people, I'm a weird one. I desire to make more income so I can pay more taxes because I have received assistance in my life experiences through um, our government. And I desire to give back to those that are in struggling seasons like I have in my past and um, recently as well with um, getting scanned real bad from some contractors, government contractors that personified as a certain political party and conned me into by listening in on my phone and my prayers and uh, completely conned me into stealing 100% of my money out of my bank account, $1,500 from my mother that she sent in an emergency situation and 1800 and some change from the bank that I have been working to pay back their debt from the thieves that stole from me. I'm grateful for the government that I have, but there is darkness and light everywhere. And unfortunately, um, I got got. And going back to the topic of parenting, we choose our mates. We choose those that we are, if you desire to have children or be a foster parent or adopt kids, we choose people based on how we value and love ourselves. And in 2020, I was grateful. I had someone that was a complete stranger connect me. Well, I kind of sort of knew this person connected me to a mentor of his. That mentor completely valued me, somehow saw my spirit, my aura, and loved me as a human being, loved another person greater than any man has ever loved me. And uh, not conventional by any means, <clears throat> not what society would consider normal, but who cares? There is so many abnormal things in this world that are supernatural. And this person, this hero of mine of 2020 protected me for two months from some real evil people that wanted to take me out of this world. And I'm still in the thick of it. I'm, st I'm still, there's no resolution yet. Uh, I haven't gotten a call from the FBI yet because they're still working the details out and finding out how many people are involved. 
with the situation. Um, I've had to learn the hard way how powerful social media is, how powerful our smart technologies are. There is a lot of good in the world, but there is a lot of darkness as well. We all have it all within us. We can choose every single day to be loving, kind, patient, uh, but we can also choose to be evil, jealous, and angry. We all have those, those powers within ourselves. It's what we choose to light up and what we choose to uh, ignite or turn off, I should say. And this hero of mine of 2020, um, I believe, watched on social media in 2021 when we had separated and I launched the nonprofit for veterans and first responders, Aaron Nicole Ministries, that was spirit-driven, spirit-led, didn't have the financial resources to get it started, but did it anyway, and I believe learned more about me. Um, he did propose to me when I first met him, um, but I don't believe he was ser- He might have been serious, I don't know. But in 2021, we didn't speak at all until towards the end of the year. And at that point, I I had completed like eight or nine concerts for veterans and first responders online, used my own money, um, got a couple hundred dollars in donations to help me get the the bank account set up, the website paid for, the domain. Um, There is some paper, legal paperwork um, that I had to pay for the nonprofit to get it official and whatnot, um, was working towards getting it 501c3 status, but was experiencing cyber warfare um, throughout the entire year. Um, Guest musicians, guest keynote speakers were getting hacked into. um, And the more attention that was being brought on the concerts, people were getting jealous because they couldn't understand how this person with no resources was able to get connected to a previous Super Bowl performer and NFL athlete and um, top cybersecurity expert formerly from Apple and Microsoft and like all of these people started stepping up to speak or sing a part of the concert series and um, was experiencing all of these things but kept going you keep going when you're going through challenging seasons you don't give up Um, And I believe he was paying attention or his friends were telling him what was going on. I don't know exactly how it all worked. But towards the end of the year, I was seeing somebody that wasn't treating me at the value that I deserved. And um, I prayed on it. Had a breakup with someone that had uh, told me specifically that he was going to blow his brains out a few times when he was drunk. And I wanted to uh, not be dating this person anymore, but I didn't want him to hurt himself. So I was trying to figure out how to do it in a respectful way that kept his ego intact, that kept his dignity intact. And uh, decided to do a coaching approach and got him to break up with me, which was great because then I didn't have to do it. Um, and then right, at, right shortly after that, um, my hero of 2020 had reached, started reaching out to me, called me out of the blue, and uh, we reconnected. And he did some coaching, some encouraging, and whatnot. And I had made a post 
about a minister that um, we had gone to church. He had taken me to church, and he had given me his book. I had made a post, like, thanking him about it, and he told me that that minister, that pastor, had died. And that scared me, because he wasn't old. And he said, you might not want to post about any of the things that we did when we were off the grid. I said, okay. (laughs) Noted. Uh, That's when I knew it was serious. I knew that it was all serious, but I didn't know truly how much protection I received for free because these people cared enough about me as a human being. And I don't know any of them. I only met him. I only saw him. But there is some darkness in the world and in our own country if you live in the United States and uh, he and I had off and on conversations towards the end of the year uh, we were able to do uh, December we did two concerts one evening for our our final concert series for Aaron Nicole Ministries of 2021 and Uh, It was great because somehow through the power of social media, we were able to have a presidential candidate uh, join us in the concert. I would have loved to have both parties present because I love to bring people together, Um, but I didn't have any other connections on the other political side. We had a judge, and uh, he's about to retire, high-level executive of Costco, husband and wife duo, talk about the power of marriage. They were our keynote speakers. And then we had our previous Super Bowl performer, Matt, um, sang some original songs and I think a cover, Tori Kelly cover. And then I sang some Tori Kelly covers as well from her holiday album. And then I sang some original music and I hired a guest pianist because I knew I was going to be nervous because I had never sang for a top level political person before and I just I wanted the piano part to just be handled from someone else and I'm so grateful that I paid for that because that was one less thing that I had to think about because I was also uh, tech support login for all of the uh, for the app for people my uncle's calling me hey it's not logging in I'm literally on recording with everyone in my face like I was doing way too much um But I was called to do it. I was called by the creator of the universe to start the ministry. And we don't make excuses. If you're called by something greater than your circumstances, you trust your gut, you trust your intuition to do it. And the whole goal is to bring veterans and first responders together to entertain them through my gifts. I'm really good at bringing people together. And I'm good at entertaining. And I love bringing other musicians out of the woodwork because it's fun when you get other people's talent uh, to share their talent. And through the pandemic, there wasn't a whole lot of concerts that were available unless you um, had gotten the shot. And some people um, aren't able to get it for medical reasons, and some people didn't want to get it, and some people wanted to have it and didn't want to be in the room with people that didn't. So it was a, spa- a safe space for both sides, if you if you got it, if you didn't, to be able to join together. And um, I believe doing those 
those concerts. I believe my uh, hero of 2020 was watching, was paying attention, and was um, just seeing the posts on social media about it. And uh, he told me that he kept dreaming about me. And he couldn't get, for whatever reason, he couldn't get me off his mind. And he said he truly loved me. He loved my spirit. And I believe I believe it to be true. I still believe that he loves me. I know that I love him as well. And um, we ended up getting married earlier this year in March. And uh, unfortunately, my uh, first board member, my friend that I had met through a direct sales company in 2015 who is active duty in the military believe she was coerced we believe strongly that she was coerced threatened with her active duty status to call out of the blue because she had blown up the last conversation we had she was upset I had stayed with her a few months in 2021 when I was uh, getting back on my feet after experiencing the uh, complete desolation of my businesses, getting hacked into home break-in and being forced um, off the grid for a couple of months to be protected. Uh, when I was getting rehabilitated, uh, I stayed with her and helped her with her elderly parent and helped with her child and helped, um, you know, in various things and paid rent to her uh, to stay in her home. And we even moved to a second home, and then I finally got my own housing. Well, when I got into my own housing, my own space, uh, with one of my old coworkers from the post office, she blew up. She was upset that I moved out, and it didn't make sense why she was upset. Because a friend should be excited that you are getting your own space. A friend should be supportive and loving, encouraging you to move on in life. But for whatever reason, she was not happy that I was moving out even though her dogs were tearing up my things because they were really smart dogs and they were opening the door and the second home didn't have a door for me so I didn't have a secret or a secret I didn't have a separate room so that was when it was time for me to move out and for her to not speak to me for almost a year and then call out of the blue when I had just gotten married it was a little too coincidental and my husband had told me that uh, there had been a, a, a trace put on the location of wherever we are at. And I was like, why, why would she need that? That doesn't make any sense why she would need to know the location of where we are at. Uh, but shortly thereafter, it was close to Easter time, uh, he asked me a variety of times for a divorce, seven times actually, that I can recall. And that was the final straw. Whatever, whatever was going on politically, that was enough for him to protect me and to also protect whatever his job assignment is. I don't know. We never talked about work because he tried to get out of the job. He tried to retire and they wouldn't allow him to. He had told me he quit the group. He quit what he was doing to be with me and just wanted to spend time with me in his last few years. And I was like, that's great, but I still have to make money, honey. <laughs> so I was looking for work and he was helping me to, trying to help me get um, get opportunities to make income and whatnot. And um, that was the final straw. That day, Easter Sunday, he said, I need my dog tags back. 
And I said, uh, I don't want to give your dog tags back. I don't want us to be over what happens if I keep the dog tags. He said, Aaron, they will kill you. And, uh, I know 100% without a doubt that my husband would never, ever hurt me. And I know that he would demolish anyone that would ever try to hurt me. So for him to tell me that, I knew that it wasn't anyone from his group of friends and I was confused I was frustrated because he was telling me he wanted a divorce I didn't understand why all of this was happening but I trusted in my intuition I trusted in my gut and I listened my husband because I trust him and I still trust him today it took me a couple of months to realize why he did what he did but I believe he's ultimately protecting me because there's so many political games going on right now one day one day we will all be united and that day is coming soon. I believe the creator of the universe desires for political parties to work in union, in harmony. And when leaders that are righteous are in power, everyone is rejoicing. That is biblical. That is in the Proverbs. So... I ask that you would join me in prayer or positive thoughts for our leadership because there is so much division, not just in my country, but all around the world. There's a lot of wars going on. There's a lot of power, political games, fights, cyber warfare. There's so much evil in the world, but there's also so much good. And if we can choose to focus on the good, if we can choose to make decisions to work extra hard at sharing goodness, love, kindness, compassion. Start in your own backyard. Start in your own community. Start with your own families. Make intentional time to reach out to your loved ones. I actually have a planner I write in just about every day. And what gets measured gets improved. I have a little tracker. And one of my things is to reach out to my mom um, every uh, week, um, every few days to reach out to her. If I haven't heard from her, to reach out to her. Um, most of my family members are not close by me in proximity. So to reach out on the phone or the internet. Now, I've had to get a new smartphone four times this year because I've experienced cyber warfare so bad that they prevented my phone from backing up to the cloud. There has been so much digital theft 
towards me that's been ongoing for two years. I wasn't able to uh, reach out to my mom at all on my original phone that I've had the phone number since I've since I was 14 years old. I can't call my mom on that phone number. I have to call her from the second phone that I had to pay for. So because of the digital thefts that have happened to me ongoing for two years in my businesses, um, I have had to pay more to be able to be connected to my family members. And I'm not saying that as a complaint. I'm just saying that as reality, the decision that I made to lean into the calling that the creator of the universe has put on me has, uh, there, it has consequences. And when you speak up and you stand up against darkness in the world, you better believe there's going to be a lot of dark angels, uh, which some people call demons, demonic forces that are going to go against you. And one of my mentors, uh, maybe a month or so ago, we had a conversation on the phone right around the time when I was getting my bank um, account was getting hacked into and all of these people were not supporting me that said they would. Uh, For example, a celebrity chef told me that he was going to do a big fundraising event and get me a bunch of money to help me after sharing what happened to me in 2020. I shared with him. He has not followed through. He's not gotten me any help. Um, And all of these people that said they're going to help didn't. And I just got to the point, the breaking point where it's like, you either show up or you don't. Don't tell me you're going to do something and not follow through with it. Because I do what I say I'm going to do. And if I can't do it, I explain and communicate. Otherwise, I don't just release words into the air of nothingness, right? Our words are powerful. Follow through. Keep your word. Keep your commitments to your commitments. And so I'm speaking to my mentor. And I'm telling him a little bit about what's been going on. And um, he just tells me, Aaron, there is this dartboard down in the depths of hell with your face on it because you are doing so much good in the world that the uh, evil, the darkness can't stand you. Um, and I was like, yeah, I had to, I had to chuckle a little bit because he made such a vivid picture about it in reality. And he's like, of course, you're going to have darkness attack you. Of course you are, because you are doing the work of the light and you can't have light without dark. They work hand in hand. Um, There is balance to everything. And when things are out of balance, it will get corrected in some capacity. So going back to the topic of parenting and how we choose our mates, um, I believe I did get healing. I believe I did get transformation through my second husband. Because he raised my value. I committed to a year off of dating in 2021. So that I wouldn't repeat the patterns of my past. So I would not attract a person into my dating circle that was a drug-abusing liar that tried to kill his mom. I never wanted to repeat that pattern again. And I believe he was so impressed that I followed through with what I said I was going to do. And I spent that time during the year 
trying my best to just focus on growing the ministry and working 12 hour days for the post office and sometimes having a day off each week sometimes a lot of times not and uh, sometimes working 14 hour days and whatnot um, and not making excuses for not having time to change my community for the better um I believe that impressed him because he already knew that he loved me, but he especially wanted to make sure that I was valued. And, and he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to propose to me. He didn't have to give me a ring when I first met him, but he desired to help me raise my value of myself so that I wouldn't attract losers anymore. So I'm grateful for, for that person because uh, he's completely transformed the trajectory of my future. Uh, I made that decision that uh, if he and I separated, I would never marry anyone ever again unless he and ten witnesses approved of it uh, because I value his opinion. I trust him. And I pray for him. I pray for him every day. I don't know where he's at. But I know that God loves him, the creator of the universe, deeply. Loves him, cherishes him. And no matter what I have lost in being separated from him, <laughs> I gained so much more. And my hope and my desire to share my heart with you guys listening, if you're still listening, this has been a long episode, is that whether you are single and desiring to be a parent, adopt, or be a foster parent, or whether you are with a partner, my hope for you is if you are looking to be partnered with someone if you are looking to be married to someone, that you would inspect yourself and take the time to be single, to heal, to grieve, to go to therapy, to contribute in your community. Because the greater you work on yourself, the better person you will attract into your life because you will have raised your own values, your own standards of how you desire to be treated. And even if I never see my husband again, because, uh, I still say husband because um, he had asked for a divorce seven times, 
I finally got a notarist to, to send the paperwork to try and get an annulment, but he said he wouldn't sign the paperwork. It took me two months to figure out what was going on. Um, so we are still married, as far as I know. I never signed anything. We never went to court for a divorce process. Uh, my state does not do annulments at all. <laughs> so they, they literally told me to cross off the word divorce on the divorce paperwork and write annulment on top, which is super ghetto. Um, but I, I love where I live, so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Um, we are not divorced. We did not get an annulment. If there is any documentation that has been erased, that is because someone forced him to erase it to protect me and to protect him. I will go to the grave saying nothing but good things about my husband. Because no matter, no matter what lies are told about him, no matter how many people hacked into his stuff and personified as his friends during, during that whole process, no matter how much deceit, division attempts have occurred, I know, I know he's a good man. He is a good father. And no one in my future, if I ever am blessed to be married again, if he passes away, no one will be able to compare to him. They will have to work real hard. And they will have to have permission from 10 of his friends, eyewitnesses, in front of me before any decisions moving forward. I will be happy to be single because of the amount of time and the true love I experienced. going back to the topic of parenting wow I obviously have a lot of healing to do on this subject and that's okay hopefully you're able to hear through the tears and the crying my husband desired to actually um, give me children because he knew that I wanted to be a mom or I should say I, I would like to be a mom we're not supposed to want Psalms 42 says I shall not want. But he also gave me some wisdom and insight to think about the fact that giving birth is dangerous to the woman. It's high risk. It can be extremely high risk. Um, one of my connections from the direct sales company I was a part of uh, 2015 to like 2019-ish um, she gave birth, and she actually was like, I want to say maybe 30, like 28, somewhere or other. She had a stroke and lost her ability to move. 
So she wasn't even able to like really be there for her newborn baby because she was recuperating in a hospital. Um, so he gave me some insight of maybe you're not supposed to have children because if you gave birth, maybe you wouldn't make it through the birthing process. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Extremely wise. Full of love. Full of love for children. Uh, for little kiddos. Kindest human being you will ever meet. But if you're on the bad side, full of wrath, it will destroy you in a minute. If he had to. But guess what? He made a decision after years and years of working for the government that he was going to follow what the creator desired for him and asked for repentance from everyone that he had ever wronged in his life. <laughs> and he came, he, he told me he traveled to all these people that he had wronged in his whole life that were still alive. And he asked for their forgiveness. And he said, you go ahead and go ahead and punch me in the face if you want. And I'll, and I'll turn the other cheek and you can punch the other side too. And these people said, wow, you've completely changed. And he said, I have. And I hope that you could forgive me. The person that I married, full of love, kindness, compassion, goodness, In his past, he had a different version of himself. The power to choose your mate means that they might have a past that was different from how they are now. But that doesn't mean that they can't change to become a better person. Don't choose a partner for parenting that you think you can help change. No, 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 no. Choose someone that you desire grow with together that's already to the level of value that you see yourself and deserve for yourself and if you aren't fully healed uh, from that cycle of pattern of maybe abuse that you've experienced maybe take a season or two to not date so that you could be the best parent when the when the time comes to be a parent or a volunteer in your community with youth because our kids, our children, and our community deserve healthy adults to be surrounded by. Um, in a couple addresses before where I'm at right now, uh, one of the ladies that worked in the office, she works for the state, um, and she does child abuse investigations, and she said, Aaron, the amount of investigations we are having to do is out of this world. It's, there's so much abuse. Um, cases that we're having to file and I said I imagine it's from everyone being locked up in 2020 because alcohol sales went through the roof I imagine drug sales went through the roof whether um, prescription or under the table illicit drugs because everyone was stuck inside no one has gone through what we've gone through in our lifetime going through a pandemic and these kids deserve to be in safe homes but even parents with their own children, high level of stress, didn't have anywhere to go, couldn't go to work, had to deal with their kids' schooling and everything. Everything changed for everyone in a moment, high levels of stress everywhere. 
and I believe these kids that are going through the investigations, um, the families I should say, um, there's a high level of need for foster children, uh, foster parents I should say, for these, these kids that are in very violent situations uh, and or adoption needs. So if you are desiring to be a foster parent and you are a good, decent human being and you have the ability to have bedrooms um, in your home, I encourage you to apply whatever, if you're in the United States, apply whatever state you live in, see what the process looks like. Um, I'm not able to do that myself because um, they told me, because my husband and I are separated and we're not divorced, they will not allow me to be a foster parent at this time, although I do desire for it, um, maybe not right now, but it's like six to 12 months, but they said, unless your divorce is finalized or you get reunited with your husband and you get back together, um, they won't allow it for separation because if I desired to adopt the child or children, um, it, the paperwork would get stopped because we are legally married and he wouldn't be able to sign any of the documentation. So it made me really sad to go through that, but I had to just, I had to stop, remind myself that everything happens for a reason and perhaps right now is not the right time for me to um, take care of kids and to focus on getting myself financially um, back on track after going through uh, the bank scams and whatnot. So I encourage you, if you're feeling led after hearing this story, if you're feeling led to help kids in your community, check it out, see what your options are. Um, they do pay you. I don't know how much they pay you, but they help to cover the cost of the housing. And I think you could get food assistance as well to help help offset the cost of groceries for the children. Um, in my particular state, they said the highest need is for siblings and for teenagers. That is the highest uh, need in my area. So ask what is the highest need and what are you willing and wanting to do? How much time can you allocate for kiddos? Of course, if they're really, really young, they're going to need a lot more love and attention from you. So you might want to be a stay-at-home parent and see if you can afford to do that um, as the option. If they're in school, then maybe you work part-time so you can take them to school and pick them up. Or if there's a nice bus system that you feel is, you're in a safe neighborhood where they can take the bus, the school bus to school, or maybe transportation. If you're like in the DC area or New York area, they do a lot more like trains and buses, things like that. So, anywho, thank you so much for listening. Um, obviously, I've got some healing to do myself, so uh, I'm working on that every day. I'm doing more meditation every day, I'm working on singing every day, and I'm actually going to be singing at my day job soon, so that should be fun. And they're going to pay me as well, which is really awesome because it's not my. Uh, job title um, but when you lean into what brings you joy um, doors open for you if the creator desires for it to be so if this message has done anything for you if it has added any value to you it would mean the world to me if you would share it with a friend or family member that you care about if you so feel so inclined to share on social media feel free uh, we will not be posting on social media any announcements or any um, anything 
uh, until the creator says that we are allowed to move forward and start posting again. Other than we do have an automated Twitter post that it does when we upload a new episode of the podcast. But other than that, um, we are keeping it low profile right now um, until the Judas in our circle decides to correct the wrong and ask for forgiveness, uh, my husband and me, for separating us right now and for all of the digital thefts that he and his team have allowed for two years of my businesses because they are my husband's and my businesses who he has been stealing from his mentor. And that's unacceptable. But still able to be forgiven. So, TikTok. The clock is ticking. (laughs) All right, guys. Love you so much. Uh, You can check out our downloads for the Listening Room competition at any time. Just go to the movehappy.podbean.com. Once we hit 10,000 downloads, if the creator allows us to, we'll start that contest again. And um, we are ranked in the top 10% in the world across all podcast shows. Uh, As of the last couple of days, 2.4 million shows worldwide. Somehow, through your listening, through the the power of your sharing, um, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's one of those supernatural blessings. So, love you guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.